Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Hey, this is Andrea. I'm the host of Writing Class Radio. I have so much to tell you. We've gotten so much positive feedback, I almost can't handle it. Okay, so in the first three weeks of life, we're already listed on new and noteworthy on iTunes, which means that iTunes thinks we are noteworthy. We've also gotten a few negative um, comments, and I want to address those first because what I've learned is that for me, it's a lot easier to deal with negative feedback than positive feedback. So first, the sound. Sorry about the sound issue. We recorded all of the first semester ourselves before we hired Diego, our audio producer. Diego told me that what we did was we recorded on one channel when we should have been recording on two. So um, that messed us up. Here's the conversation I had with Diego. What are you trying to say? I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I I pushed play and record at the same time on the cassette player. What? (laughs) You can't be serious. Diego's trying to correct the sound as best he can, but sometimes it might seem like your earbuds are fucked up. They're not. The other criticism we got from a few trusted colleagues is that we need to guide the listener better. Oh my God, thank you. That's such good feedback. I see that. So we're on that. I will be your guide. But here's the thing. We've been flooded with praise. Karen Sabine, one of my writing friends who also edits my stories, left me this voice message. I have listened to all of your episodes of the podcast, and I'm blown away. I love, love, love it. I love the stories. I love what you have to say about them. I love the format and the music and the conversations you have. And it just strikes such a funny personal tone that's exactly you, and I just can't get enough of it. Karen, thank you so much for your feedback. You fucked me up. I swear, I spent a full week paralyzed from comments like Karen's. All I could do was check my email. Positive feedback is scaring the shit out of me. So now I'm thinking, how are we going to live up to it? What if every new episode sucks ass? Please keep the positive feedback coming. Review us on iTunes. I'm sure I'll get used to it. So here at Writing Class Radio, we're living through something that's really difficult for anyone creating anything. When a project, a story, a podcast, a sculpture, a painting is just getting started, it needs to be nurtured. It's a baby. What it's making me realize is that feedback brings up a lot of weird shit, even positive feedback. My advice to you and to me is to put our art babies in gentle hands. And then take the feedback that resonates and leave the rest. Okay, shut up already. Come on, come on. People want to get to the stories. Thank you, Allison. That's the type of feedback I'm used to. Three, two, one. This is Writing Class Radio. I'm Andrea Askowitz, your host and teacher. Night stranded in hand.
Writing Class Radio is a podcast of a writing class, but it's more. If you're just tuning in now for the first time, this is episode five. You may want to go back to episode one because we've introduced the classmates as they've shared their stories, and we want you to get to know them the way we've gotten to know them. But if you'd rather start here, all right. Here's how class works. In each class, I give two writing prompts. I'll say something like, a time you were ashamed. Then I'll say, go. And I'll give six, eight, maybe 12 minutes to write. The purpose of the prompt is to get us writing, to get what's in our brains onto the paper or into the computer. Then we read our work and discuss what worked and what we want to know more about. Each day in class, two students also get a chance to bring in a longer story they've been working on at home. Our job as classmates is to act as an editorial board. Steve Amon, one of my favorite writing teachers, says it's the job of a writer to sit alone in a room and make decisions. And that's true, but to help with those lonely decisions, we have a writing class. My approach to writing and teaching is to make writing more a team sport. Here's how the podcast works. You'll hear some of what students write in class. You'll hear their unedited stories, raw and true. You'll hear longer works they bring in, and you'll hear how to make stories stronger. And sometimes we'll take you on field trips as we follow our students into their lives. The purpose of Writing Class Radio is to connect with people who love stories and who get inspired by hearing other people tell their stories and who want to learn a little bit about how to write their own. Today in class, I gave the prompt, Lies. Danny told the underwear story in episode two. He mentioned that hardly anyone ever gets to see them. That was a lie. Here's Danny getting caught in an even bigger lie. Okay. It was so easy to kid myself about it because everything about it was so perfect, so measured and so perfectly, utterly... I don't like that word. Separate. (laughs) Separate. (laughs) I was that guy who was dating two women. It started simple. One went to my high school. The other I met on Tinder during the few weeks that I was screwing around with the app. I hung out with both for the first time about a week apart from each other. That timing was the first thing I used to lie to myself about it. I wasn't really, quote, cheating on either of them because I started hanging out with both of them at the same time. The way I saw it, it was more equal opportunity than infidelity. When the, feeling, when the feelings came from both of them about two and a half months in, I told them about each other on the same day. I told them each and myself that I would figure it all out and come back to them when my head was on straight. They were both upset, but then, but then when I went to each of them and said that they were the one, it passed over easy. I lied to myself about what was going on, and for that reason, it didn't feel like lying. I was just in two relationships, and I felt deeply for both of them. It was all true. I was happy. We were happy. That is, until that day that I heard a knock on my door. I looked to the bed and see my other better half laying in, <laughs> laying in, laying in the bed. That's where Danny left off after the first prompt. I said, keep going with that. My students make fun of me for saying keep going with that. Apparently I say it a lot. What I mean is, if the story you started interests you, if there's emotion behind it, if you don't understand why it came up, even if it disgusts you to think about it, there's a story there worth exploring. 
So keep working on it. Here's what you can do. Do try this at home. Every day we post a daily prompt on our website, Facebook, and Twitter. Start your day with a daily prompt. Set a timer and write. Give yourself 8 minutes, 6 minutes, 11 minutes, whatever you want. Say to yourself, go and write. The idea is just to write without stopping and without editing. If what you write interests you, you're on your way. Keep going with that. Danny kept going. Stay tuned to hear more. Bo also has a story about the lies he told himself. We introduced Bo in episode three. He's the guy with dirty eggs. Do you know where eggs come from? <laughs> when I was in high school, I knew I was gay and I was terrified. Number one, I did not want to go to hell. And number two, there was no place for gay men in the South. No place at all. I decided I would be the straightest guy out there and have as much straight sex as possible. For years, I prayed that God would change me. That didn't happen, so I began forcing myself to masturbate to Playboy magazines. This would cure me. I had a girlfriend that I genuinely loved with whom I had sex every time I saw her. And even though I knew I was into guys, I genuinely, genuinely liked having sex with her because I was 16 and I might have had sex with a tree. <laughs> but in order to protect my secret, I realized I had to do more. I was compelled to have sex with girls that weren't my girlfriend. I wanted to break girls' hearts, develop a bad reputation. So I began getting blowjobs from two girls who lived around the block who happened to be sisters. I approached this sex mechanically. None of this was intimate, so it wasn't really cheating. And I had to do something to purge myself of gayness. And sometimes I would have sex with both sisters in the same afternoon without either of them knowing about the other. And my girlfriend, of course, not knowing that any of this was going on. Mm. How did the narrator keep up with himself? <laughs> Quick note about comments. We all want to comment on the narrator's life. In class, we get close to each other and want to offer personal feedback. Like, dude, don't fuck two sisters. But as editors, we have to resist reacting to the narrator's life. The comments we're after are those that focus only on the writing. When we give feedback, we try to talk about the story and the narrator as if the storyteller is not in the room. This helps create distance between what is real life and the art being created. Back to Danny. This is what he did with his story when he kept going. I was happy. We were happy. That is, until that day that I heard a knock on my door. I stepped, out, I stepped outside of my boxer, quickly shutting it behind me. She lunged at me and I held her to my chest in a deep, quiet embrace. We got in a fight a few days earlier and she came to make things better. My heart was pounding and she could feel it. She looked up at me. Are you alone, she asked. I nodded no. I wasn't. What happened next was a blur. Either she or I opened the door and Janie was laying on the bed of my tiny studio. She shot up, confused at why the woman whose face she recognized was there. The intruder glanced at me, and my eyes fell, fell to the floor. Hi, I'm Danny's girlfriend, said one to the other. They turned to me, looking for answers, and I was muted with shame. How could you do this? Did you think no one would ever find out? 
He's a piece of shit, one said. Yeah, a total piece of shit. Janie went to the bathroom to get her toiletries. Her toothbrush was sitting in the little cup next to the faucet. The others was under the sink. Oh. Wow. She asked me, do you love her? Yes, I said. <laughs> the, the anger was palpable. They asked questions I couldn't begin to answer. Before I knew it, they walked out of the door together. Later, I would learn they spent the whole day talking about me. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That was an example of the narrator's impulse to respond while we're editing a story. The narrator often tries to explain what he meant, but I shushed him because the story needs to speak for itself. Danny's not going to be there to explain what he meant when someone reads his story in The New Yorker. Here's Bo again. This is his full story that started from the prompt, Lies. In the summer of 1983, I turned 16 and got a part-time job at a nursing home in the small southern town where I lived. My job was in the kitchen, and I had to wear a uniform of black polyester pants and a starched white button-down shirt. I had to pick up patients' meal trays after dinner and spray the drool-covered gunk off of plates and silverware and load them into plastic baskets. I'd hoist these into an industrial dishwasher machine that belched out clouds of hot steam. Mrs. Henshaw, the lady who ran the home, knew me from the Calvary Baptist Church and thought very highly of me. She called me over on my first day to introduce me to a group of nearly deaf 90-year-olds. Bo is such a nice young man and a fine Christian, too. The old ladies beamed at me. Bless his heart, ain't he purty? And I felt terribly guilty because Miss Henshaw and the old ladies didn't know that I had a secret, and I was not such a fine Christian. I was having premarital sex with girls, and lots of it. And this was only the beginning of my sinfulness, because I was committing these sins to overcome worse sins. I was on a mission to cure myself from being gay. There was no place in society for someone gay, and people suspected of such the swishy hairdresser, the flamboyant interior decorator, were shunned and ridiculed, and I was not about to let myself fall into that category. I wasn't sure, but I figured that Connie, one of the nurse's aides, was a lesbian. She had the same look as the girls on my high school softball team. They were called carpet munchers behind their backs by the boys and ignored by the girls. Some people even said that they chewed tobacco. One day when Connie lumbered down the hall, I saw Miss Henshaw shake her head and overheard her tell one of the nurses, Lord, lipstick and a smile would go such a long way for her. When old ladies doted on me, Connie gave me angry stares that said, I don't like you. She looked like she could kick my ass, so I decided to steer clear of her. But my problem was more than just fear of mere social derision. 
This was a battle of cosmic significance. You either followed Jesus or you went to hell. And we were taught that one day we were going to have to stand before Jesus at the final judgment and he would review all of our actions and even our thoughts. All sex outside of marriage was bad, but gay was purely demonic. So I had spent years trying to pray the gay away, and it hadn't happened. I began to sneak peeks at books in the library and learned that some behavioral psychologists claimed that homosexuality could be cured. And I knew that two wrongs didn't make a right, but maybe getting used to having sex with girls would make me change. So I got a girlfriend, and we started having sex, and I liked it, but I still wasn't cured. I wanted to develop a reputation, that of being a horn dog. Guys at school who behave this way may piss a girl off that they're dating, but they had plenty of others chasing after one, and everyone admired them. So I decided that I wanted to be known as a guy who'd break girls' hearts and hymens. In addition to my girlfriend, I began having sex with girls around the neighborhood. I made myself look at Playboy magazines. I love it. I love it. I tr adapted an affected swagger and began to talk an octave lower. My friend Todd would discuss the hot cheerleaders from school, and I'd echo his comments, trying to sound as convincing as possible. Yeah, she's hot, I said, or hell yeah, I'd fuck her. One Saturday night, we'd all been hanging out in the Waffle House parking lot. I had my arms around my girlfriend when an old banged-up maroon cutlass came careening around the corner. They honked and made an angry gesture for us to get out of the way. Todd said, it's girls, a bunch of fucking bitches. The car moved towards the edge of the parking lot, and I could see that they were looking at us in the rearview mirror. In an act of bravado, I leapt to my feet and shot two birds, did a dance where I shimmied my shoulders and realized this wasn't very masculine. So I regained my manly composure and I grabbed my crotch and swiveled my pelvis making fucking gestures. The next day at work, as I pushed a cart of trays down the hall, I turned the corner and there was Connie, arms folded. Listen here, I saw you up at the Waffle House. You acting a fool with your little girlfriend. <laughs> Her eyes had slanted into an evil squint. She said, I bet you don't even like that girlfriend, do you? I flung open the kitchen door and pushed the cart towards the sink. My heart was beating fast as I sprayed off the remnants of pureed peas off the battered plastic plates. I deluded myself into thinking not only that I could change, but that no one would ever know my secret. And here I'd been exposed by someone I'd never even spoken to before, and she had seen right through me. And the dishwasher blasted out a cloud of hot steam, and I could feel the crisp white collar on my shirt wilt right along with my macho facade. kept going with his story. What you just heard was several drafts in. It started as a prompt, and then Bo worked on it at home and brought it back to workshop in class. No story comes out ready the first draft, or the second, or even the 15th draft. I think Bo is almost there, but Danny still needs to figure out what he's come to say. 
he'll get there because writing is rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. The other day I listened to Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast, Magic Lessons. If anyone doesn't know her, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote E Pray Love. She's a total inspiration. Elizabeth Gilbert says, get yourself into a writing group so you can get feedback. Do it. I'm sure you live in an area where there are other writers because writers are everywhere. Reminds me of this time I was hanging out with a good friend who was in Alcoholics Anonymous. We went to a coffee shop, almost said bar, and she pointed with her tongue at all the people who she knew from AA. Coffee shops are filled with AA people, and they were all there writing. My point is writers are as ubiquitous as AA members, so ask around and find a group. If you can't find one, form your own. That's what Elizabeth Gilbert says to do. That's what I did. That's how Writing Class Radio got started. In the meantime, let us be your writing group. You can trust us with your art babies. Flying fortress of plastic dreams Red band canvas is it seems Next episode, you'll meet Wendy, who approached me at Books and Books after a reading of Badass a book of true stories that I edited. She said she had a story. I said, what? And after two seconds, she said, my ex-husband was shot and killed. I left my life and moved here, and now I'm starting over. She stared at me with her giant blue eyes. She is so pretty. I said, you have to join my writing class. I might sound like a horny toad, but the married writer in me, I mean, the main motivation was that I could tell Wendy needed this class. Up next, Wendy, because everyone needs a writing class. Writing Class Radio is produced by Diego Saldana Rojas, Alison Langer, and me. Andrea Askowitz. Theme music by Astromaps. Writing Class Radio is recorded at the University of Miami School of Communication. Those guys graciously donated their classroom and recording equipment. We love UM School of Communication. And we are sponsored by Anthony Askowitz, best realtor in the world, and he's right here in Miami. So if you're moving to or in Miami, use the promo code your sister sent me and get a free home warranty and the free use of his moving van. Call Anthony on his cell, 305-807-9079, or email Anthony at askaskowitz.com. Hey, if you like Writing Class Radio, please rate us on iTunes. It's easy, but if you don't know how, Google it. And there's more Writing Class on our website, writingclassradio.com. Study the stories we study. Listen to our craft talks. Follow one of our daily prompts and time yourself. If you like what you wrote, keep going with that. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours?
What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.